Hello, I'm Lakita and welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast, where my partner Chloe and I talk about building and co-creating the future of work. We hope this podcast will be your weekly dose of support on all things work, leadership, and personal development as it relates to creating culture for you and your team. Because one of our principles is to be a guy, we look forward to providing space for our shared learning and exploration while trusting your personal experiences. After all, this is what co-creation is all about. So let's co-create together. Hello, co-creators. Welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast, uh, where we talk about all things strategy, business, uh, all around company culture. So we are absolutely thrilled to have Moji Egan, who is the founder of Blue Daisy Consulting with us this week. Moji. Yes. Hello. Hi, so happy to be here. Yes. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. Uh, and we are Uh, as you all know, in our discussions around hiring and building the right team for your company and your business. So we are just thrilled to have this conversation today. Um, A little bit about Moji. Uh, Moji started Blue Daisy Consultant to make it easier for small businesses to practice the world they want to see on a small scale. She combines her professional experiences in engineering, education, and business operations with the deep knowledge she's gained from her personal sustainability journey to help her clients push past the frustration and overwhelm of getting started. Realizing that many of those frustrations are caused by systemic issues Moji ensures her clients understand the bigger picture of sustainability. Moji is a speaker, writer, and sustainability consultant who works with businesses and organizations that want to grow their sustainability practices by pursuing zero waste. She is currently based in Seattle, Washington, and we are absolutely thrilled to have her with us today. Welcome again, Moji. Thank you. Welcome. Perfect. Well, I have had the pleasure of partnering with you as a client. It has been amazing. Uh, And I really kind of came about your work just from social media, which is so awesome. Uh, And we have been connected from there. uh, And the work that you do, I believe, is really transformational. So when we have the opportunity to partner and work together, I was absolutely over the moon. And most recently, we've been talking a lot about hiring and beginning the process to grow your team. So I would love to hear from you. How did you decide it was the time to hire uh, right now and the time to hire in the way that you did? Yeah, well, first I'll just say I couldn't have done this without you. So I know this is your podcast, (laughs) but I have to just start with that. It's because of you that I knew I needed to hire. Um, We did in our coaching together um, a little calendar audit in one of our, our sessions where I looked at my calendar and saw what does my max capacity look like? How does that feel like? And I realized that I was consistently hitting that capacity. I was kind of at that top level where I could manage my workload, but it was kind of getting to be stressful. And I really wanted to be able to grow my business in the next year, in 2023. And so I knew that I had to do something, either take stuff off my plate or move forward and hire. So Hiring is the direction that we went in. 
Yeah. And then, so I'm curious as you, and thank you so much for your kind words. <laughs> it's a, a pleasure. Um, as you started to say, well, do I scale down kind of what I'm doing or what I'm offering as a business or do I hire what helped to guide you towards hiring? What made that the final choice between those two? Yeah, well, it was looking at the specific things that I noticed were taking me beyond my capacity. And for me, like the biggest category was really just having to switch between the creative mind of doing stuff for my clients and the operations mind of doing all the stuff behind the scenes. So sending invoices, responding to email. I, I never respond to emails in a timely manner. Um, <laughs> sending, yeah, doing my newsletter, like all the little things that I have to do to keep my business running. Those were the things that were taking me out of my like creative flow to get client work done and switching back and forth was just becoming really inefficient. So it made it clear that that op stuff is what I needed most support with. Yeah. And getting into your zone of genius. And I love that you named ops because one of the things that we talk about all the time is that how important and critical operations is to the company. And it's one of the things that can go overlooked for a long time. So I really pride you in saying, hey, let me address this early and go ahead and start that process. Um, I'm curious about like any mindset shifts or ways of thinking that you needed to go through or uh, process as you prepare to add an employee to your team. Yeah, a lot. I mean, there were a lot of fears that I had going into this because I actually have a background in operations. That was my last full-time job was doing operations for another organization. So I know I can do these things. I know I can make this happen, but it was um, just being honest with myself that I can't do both really well. Yeah. So just because I can do it, I know I have the skill set doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that I, I can do all. Exactly. Yes. Um, so just having to cut through that, that I know I can do this, but like, let me just put this down, let someone else help me. And then getting over the fear that there was no one else out there that could do it the way that I wanted to. I think I was scared that, you know, I have trouble with delegating. I want things to be done a certain way, or will they understand what I'm asking for? Or will the right person come along? And so working through those insecurities and fears was kind of like the first hurdle I had to get over. I think so many listeners will be able to relate to those hurdles, right? Yeah. Like when you've been doing it on your own and you can do it on your own, it's hard to make that shift. And I love that you named that for people because that shift is challenging. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not small. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a process that's ongoing, right? Like it I imagine that like sometimes and we see this with our clients as well, you'll add someone to the team and then folks may have a expectation that things should be perfect immediately. Yeah. Uh, and it really takes time to get really connected to how you're going to partner and how you're going to work together uh, and all of those things. So um, I think it's a critical to kind of have a mind, like a mindset shift and an approach that you're taking as you're adding team members. Totally. hundred percent. Beautiful. All right. Well, I know you also did uh, leverage our course, which is hiring the right team for your mm -hmm. business. How did that support you through the process? And are there any kind of systems uh, level things that you used during the course that you found really valuable in helping to find that dream person? 
Yes. Well, so this was really helpful because this is my first time hiring like in a traditional way. I've had um, several contractors over the past four years of my business come in where I knew exactly what I needed. It was a friend or a friend of a friend that I could just, you know, get the contract signed and get going. But I felt like with this role in particular, with an operations assistant, I really needed someone who wanted to grow with me and kind of, like you said, partner with me. Like I need someone who's willing to collaboratively create the systems that were going to help us grow. So I really wanted to put a lot of energy into finding the right person. And so taking this course really helped me have a roadmap and see the whole picture of what I needed to know going into it. Because in the past, it was just like, you know, Google or like Instagram (laughs) operations assistant and hire the first one that looked nice, like, which works for other things that are less, you know, um, less of a commitment. But this was really an important investment. And so having, you know, like thinking about what exactly do I need this person to do when I'm thinking about my um, job description, like get really specific about those things. Um, thinking about like the time management of running the interview process of like, you know, yes. you have to block out time for resume review. Like that's going to take a minute. And like, if you're already running at capacity, think about that. So all of those things came up through the course and, and allowed me to properly plan for this so that I could go into it like fully seeing what I was getting into. Yeah, I love that. I love that you already started to name kind of a thing that we talk about a lot, which is systems. So I'm going to put a system in place for the time it's going to take for this. I'm going to put a system in place for who I'm looking for. Um, What other systems level elements that you use throughout the process? I would say on top of that, the rubric, the, um, Mm. the rubric for how I'm going to like evaluate all of the candidates was a game changer because as I was in my, so I had maybe, I would say a little bit over 30 candidates in my first round. And as I was going through all of the phone interviews, I had a very clear vision of like, is this okay? Is this good? Or is this excellent? Like I could really see where everyone could fit. So I was like, after my first round of interviews, I have a top four that I am super excited about because they hit all the marks and it's clear. I'm not questioning myself. I know exactly what I'm looking for. So that rubric really was a, a huge, huge thing for me. I love it. And we are like team rubric over here. Yes. We are always. <laughs> it's great. We're always elevating uh, how useful and helpful the rubric is. Um, I think folks will be really interested if you could share emoji. Like, how did you identify what you were going to put into the rubric yes. uh, and measure for that? And what are some things that you looked at? Yes. Oh, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head right now. I'm My brain's going so fast. But um, a lot of the things, um, I had two initial buckets for the phone interview, which were personality fit and then skills fit. Um, so I asked questions in both buckets and it was like, you know, uh, how does this person approach communication? I really need someone who over communicates rather than under communicate. So when I asked them, like, how would you approach XYZ problem if they talked about how they would like ask me follow-up questions and make sure that we were on the same page a couple times just to make sure like that was what I marked as excellent. And if, if they're just like, oh, I would just do it and you know, never talk to you again. It's like, I mean, that's fine, but not for me. So having those clear expectations of what I needed in both personality fit and skills really helped me break down those rubric questions. Yeah, I love that you elevated 
understanding their working style. And there's a space within our, you know, within our teams, our companies for all different working styles. And it's about like identifying what's the best working style for here. And one of the things that we talked about quite a bit was like your principles or values for the company. And I know that you use a lot of um, uh, those, the way you were thinking about um, the working in the company and a lot of the values to help you identify potential questions that you would ask and the types of things you were measuring as well. Yes, exactly. And like you said, my core values of my business and just the way that I want the culture of my company to work, it's important to me that it doesn't replicate like other toxic environments that I've been in. I don't want to be the boss that I've tried to move away from or become that boss to somebody else. Um, So, you know, having kind of a reciprocal relationship for feedback was really key. And like I asked in the first round of interviews, like, how do you like to receive feedback? And if it aligned with how I give feedback, then that was another thing that was, you know, a a good marker on the rubric or um, yeah, just what is your personality type like? So I can kind of tease out, will we work well together? You might be a great operation assistant for someone else, but if we won't work well together, then I can't move forward in the process. So having that clarity was, was key. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I really appreciate the thoughtfulness around that fit or add, right? Like they're coming to your business, they're adding another element to it. You're adding another person and really being thoughtful around what that's going to look like and how you're going to operate together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's so important as you're thinking about hiring and considering, you know, who to bring on your team, especially as you're bringing on this first person who's a part of your team, right? That it feels a little bit different than maybe if you were bringing on your 20th person and you'd be considering different things from a culture ad perspective, right? Right. Versus when it's just you and the two of you will be working so closely all the time and what that looks like. Exactly. Yeah. I love this conversation around kind of the structure and the practice uh, and the steps that you went through. I'm curious about as you were going through all of these elements, what are some of the lessons that you learned along the way? Oh, um, I think it's, again, that having the clear idea of what I need. Um, so one of the things that I did when I was like leading up and creating the job description was looking at all the things that I do, like those little tasks that happen mm-hmm. on a daily basis that take up, you know, five, 10 minutes, but they add up over time. So kind of tracking that and say, okay, can I just delegate all these little things to someone else that don't take a lot of brain power, but they take a lot of energy away from me. But then the second part of that was really thinking about not just someone who can replace that part of me, but like who can actually build upon that and make it more efficient. Because I mean, I know how long things take me, but like someone else could do it so much better or, or much more clear or just someone who's better than me at those things. And so looking for someone who can not only take over that spot, but also create foundational systems that will make that stuff run smoother in the future that was a huge lesson because before working with you, I was very much just thinking like, oh, someone who could schedule things in my calendar, someone who could just press schedule on my MailChimp, like that kind of stuff. But it's actually more than that if we think about long-term sustainability of this person's role. So that was a huge thing. Yeah, I love that. It's like 
own and elevate, right? Like who's going to come in and own it, but they can't elevate it and take it to the next level. I love this conversation because typically as folks are saying, I'm going to add my first team member, there's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of thoughts of like, I could just continue to do this myself, but we're not understanding potentially like what opportunity costs are we missing? So we're not just going to add someone to have them take over the things. They're going to come and do the work that we need and say, hey, how do we make this better, more effective, more efficient? And that allows that individual to have impact in their zone of genius as well. So I love it. Yeah. And I'm also, we've been together, um, this operations assistant and I, for less than a month now. But so we're kind of in the, the throes of onboarding. And I'm watching myself like give her small tasks, but also be able to pivot and show her where that fits in the big system so that slowly over time, she can just take over that system. So I'm asking her, you know, can you make this template for me or can you send this email? But really what she's doing is seeing all the pieces that go into creating a speaking engagement from beginning to end. And so she can take that over hopefully in six months time. But right now it's just very small pieces that will add up. So it's it's cool to kind of be able to see the whole picture as we're building. Well, yes. and I, I love that you're thinking about that, right? The building in the future, not just hiring for what you need today, but also yes. thinking hiring for what you need in six months so that she can grow with you and develop. And I also just want to name and appreciate the level of like, thoughtfulness. And there's a level of humility in that too, to recognize like, oh, I can do this fine. And I like the way I do it right now, but I may not be the best person to be doing this in the future. I need to be in my zone of genius and have someone else come in, in their zone of genius to help me build and grow. And mm-hmm. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The thing that's really interesting to me, cause you, you just named so many things that I'm over here like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but it is your thoughts and perspective around onboarding, right? And taking time, right? I think even in sharing a little bit about you and your background, you are about sustainability, right? (laughs) And taking things piece by piece and step by step. And how have you brought in kind of your thoughts around that, how you work as an individual, how you're growing Blue Daisy into this process as you think about onboarding this new team member? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just my personality and my nature, but it's also really important to my business that sustainability means sustainability in all aspects, not just the environment, not just business financially, but it's like our well-being is very, very important to me. So when I'm thinking about handing things off, I want to make sure I do it in a way that is full of care. Like, I know this might be messy right now, but let's talk through it. Or like, am I giving you too much? Let's talk about it. Like, I very much want to make sure that um, everyone is feeling taken care of as we're building together. Um, So yeah, I think like sustainability for me means thriving just across the board. So if everyone feels like we're thriving, like if we're making money, if people feel good, if we're getting the work done, like that's what I'm trying to foster. So absolutely. Yes, that's the win. I love that so much. What are some of the things that you have done as part of the onboarding process here? 
Well, so we have um, weekly check-ins. We're actually right after this. We're having our, our <laughs> Monday afternoon check-in um, where basically I just start with questions. Like she can ask me any question that has come up in the past week. We talk over um, our little chat feature in our in our ClickUp, but just brain dump any questions. Let's talk through it. Um, but then we start to kind of parse out like little projects and figure out like, what are we trying to do here? What pieces are we trying to move forward with? Let's create some timelines. So constantly trying to figure out like, how can we tailor all of the projects I'm throwing at her into a manageable timeline? But as we're going to, we're also getting to know each other. Like I'm giving her tasks that, you know, are important, but they're not like critical so that I can see how she deals with them and how she works with me on them. So I can see, like, get that communication style understood as we're doing things that are low stakes so that in, you know, six months, a year, it's just like, I can throw it at her and I know she'll catch it. So just kind of building that trust slowly over time. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. Have you made any kind of transitions or seen any growth? I know it's still early yeah. in your leadership and how you're thinking about this now that you have added this individual. Um, I think it's just um, that trust. Like, I think that has been a weakness of mine is to trust that someone will be able to catch it. Even if I know you can do this, like, you know how to do this. I can see that you're doing it for someone else. <laughs> but me letting go, that is a big um, barrier for me. And so I am slowly breaking down those walls for myself as we are building trust together. And I think that, um, yeah, I think I've delegated like two full things to her now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. like, I, have, I have an hour extra of time. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, what else can I delegate? So I'm, I'm slowly, yeah, getting more comfortable with trusting that she's got it. Like, it's may seem like a big deal, but she's really, she really has it. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I want to highlight a couple of things here. One is that you went through this process and you hired, quote unquote, a stranger, right? Mm -hmm. You talked about that of like not going with someone who's known or a friend of a friend, right? And we get so bombarded with so many messages about how you can't trust people in your business. No one is going to do the work like you're going to do the work. And so what you're highlighting here is like, Hey, I went out, I followed a process, I brought in a stranger, we are aligned, and this person cares for me, cares for my business, uh, and cares for our clients and how we're going to do the work. I think that's an important message for us to continue to elevate and really push back on this idea that, you know, you can't find people or people can't be trusted. Well, yeah, absolutely. Along those lines, I just wanted to say, listening to you talk through the process and everything you did set you up to feel like I can trust this person, right? Like I went through this process, I've evaluated them, I've got this rubric that I'm looking at. And so you were in a position to at least have that. I'm pretty sure I can trust this person upon hiring versus like they have to prove themselves, right? Yeah. And I think that that will always be a fear. Like I'm not like, like I'm, I'm giving her, you know, access to my email list, like really important things to me mm-hmm. that, you know, if someone who wasn't trustworthy could take it and I don't know, do whatever with it. So it definitely is like a big um, trust exercise to allow someone into your business and that, especially in an operations role where she's dealing with invoices and email and just like touching everything that, you know, comes from me. So it, it's hard. But like you said, like spending that time thinking of really good questions and exactly what I needed during the interview process, like it was already vetted. So when I gave her the passwords to my 
whatever software, like it was okay because I knew like she's already proven herself in our first initial conversations that I know she can she can handle this. Yes, yes. So good. So good. So as you're thinking about this, you've gone through the process now, have your partner uh, that you're working with, what would you say is your biggest win? I know you talked a little bit about like trust and, yeah. and adjustment there. What is your biggest win? I think just spaciousness. Like um, I do like Monday morning, I do like a little weekly executive meeting with myself, just like plan out my week and what I need to do. And like, I think it was the second week that I was working with her. I was like, I have so much free time and my weekends are clear. Like I can do whatever yes. I want. Like <laughs> that was amazing. I'm like, wait, is there anything I'm missing? I'm like, no, I've really, that's everything. And so I think that that reward, almost instant reward, like felt so good that I'm like, oh, let's give her more so I can have like <laughs> more free time. <laughs> um, so yeah, that space. And then not only space, you know, have a full weekend where I can completely disconnect, but also having space to um, not rush the creative part of my work, because even though I have like, you know, processes and specific things that I'm doing for clients, like there is a a part where I just need to like look out the window and think like, what is the best way to communicate this? Or like, is there a better way I could, you know, share this information and just having like, I think I had a two hour block a couple weeks ago where I just like sat and like whiteboarded and just thought of ideas and I'm like two hours just to think like that's unheard of so yeah just that space to really like settle in and not feel so rushed has been incredible yes I love it so anyone who's listening who's having any doubts about hiring yes. Moji has just highlighted <laughs> the reason reason that you need to step into this yeah. today. <laughs> so we would love to hear Moji, how did this impact your confidence about your leadership going through this process end to end, adding this team member uh, to your team? How did this grow your leadership? How does this help you think about your leadership? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that the biggest way that I've grown in that area is just learning how to trust myself more in my decision-making and my ability to delegate well enough that things will continue to get done. I think that um, being able to trust yourself as a leader in all of those aspects is kind of a critical piece and being able to bring someone onto your team or multiple people onto your team because you have to trust that, you know, what you tell them will get communicated properly and then will continue to move the business forward. So I was definitely insecure about that going into this process. But as we've kind of done the course, we've worked together in coaching, I've really found at least like a fundamental layer of being able to trust myself in that in that way. Yes. Win, win, win. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I think we've covered what we were hoping to ask you about, but is there anything else, Moji, that you'd want to share about the process or hiring any additional tips for folks? Um, I think the last thing that I'll share is just what I said earlier about both a personality fit and a skills fit and really finding a nice balance of both. And there was um, an affirmation. I forget exactly what the wording was in the beginning of the course, Lakita, that you shared that was like, um, something like, I believe that the right person is out there. Like, I think that that was like a little light bulb moment for me that 
I can have a person who fits my personality, who fits my my vibe, but also can do excellent work. And I was just not sure that I could get both. And going through this and getting my end result, I'm like, oh, I can have the best of both worlds. So I would say that that's possible for people who are listening to that. Ooh, I love that so much. Yes, yes, yes. So every episode that we have a guest, we always talk about leadership here. Uh, and so we would love to hear your top three attributes of a successful leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say, um, yeah, I, I had to think about this for a minute, but I would say the first one is um, having uh, some kind of direction that you want to go. Being able to show people that direction is a very key component, because um, if you don't know where you're going, then how are you going to bring people along with you? Um Two, I think, is humility, for sure. Being able to um, admit that you don't know things, that you need help, that someone else's might be better than you at something. I think you really need to have your your humility in check to be able to yeah. do that um, consistently. Um, and then I think third would just be trust in yourself and in your team, just being able to let go and, and let things happen. Yes, I love it. I love it. All the good things, Moji. This conversation has been so informative. I think folks will have so many good takeaways if they're adding the first person or even if they're continuing to grow their team. Because a key theme I hear from you is about this area of like growing trust as you even closed out. Trust in myself, trust in individuals. And what does that then enable us to do, right? We go on and we achieve our mission. So Mm -hmm. as we always say, I certainly want to thank you for being here and we want to thank you for your leadership. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you for tuning in. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this week's episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast on your favorite platform.